Welcome to Two Girls in a Grape, where we attempt to learn about wine one bottle at a time. I'm Drea, and please pray for me. And I'm Jules. I'm the sane one of the two. Really? You're the sane one? Yep. We're, so it's really saying something. Dear listeners, we're fucked this month. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If I'm the sane one, then things are going so, down. Time to pause and They've reflect. not started well. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we get into why we're both going batshit crazy this month, uh, let's kick off with our reoccurring segment, Cheers and Jeers. I feel like this is going to be a real doozy of a, of a segment. Uh, Jules, what are you cheersing and jeersing? Well, okay, my cheers is... It's going to start off sounding like it's a jeers, but honestly, January might be my least favorite month of the year, first of all. I have the post-Christmas blues. I hate taking the Christmas decorations down. It gets super sad. Uh, I don't. I don't feel like I have anything to cheers, but... I am going to cheers myself for making it through the last week. Fair. Because I spent about 12 hours at my desk seven days a week for the last nine days. So I'm just going to just say cheers to me for I'm still standing. Not murdering anyone? There's been a lot of hypothetical <laughs> murders. <laughs> You're like, wait. There's been a lot of murders bodies. that have been happening in my brain. But no actual physical murders. So. Okay. Well, I mean, that's that's this, a win. That's this a win. is a win. It is a win. Um, wow. So if that's your cheers, um, what's your jeers? <laughs> I mean, partially that's my jeers. But also, jeers to whatever the fuck is going on in Washington with our government. I, I just... I, I don't even know what to say. It's a complete fuck storm. Oh, 100%. I watched it all. So, yeah, we so we actually watched it and we're texting each other. I, 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 you know, my God. It was like watching the fucking WWE at some point. Like, also mixed, though, with the real housewives of Potomac, but all the husbands are involved, too. It's Correct. It's a fucking nightmare. Just a nightmare. What are you cheersing? So, um, I am cheersing, this is going to sound bad, I don't mean it this way, but the atmospheric river action we're getting in San Diego, the rest of California is insane. Is insane. That's a definite it cheers. Is, it is so scary. With, and um, just kind of a quick sidebar, wine in the news thing, so many vineyards are you know, at risk right now of just being literally washed away. Mm-hmm. So in the Central Coast, they're super worried about the Salinas River overflowing. Um, we know people who have been evacuated. Like, it is mm-hmm. terrible. So uh, we're hoping that all of our friends, loved ones, loved wine labels stay safe out there. For San Diego, it's been pretty nice, though, I have to say. To get some actual water on the ground. Like, we have been bone dry day here after for so day. long. Yeah, we've been in a drought for... <laughs> I mean, I think we'll probably still be in a drought yeah. even after all this rain. Well, I saw that it moved from... Um, I'm not going to use the right word. It, it was like dire drought. Like, uh, you know, we're all going to perish in the dryness that is yes. the San Diego we're, desert. We're just going to just... Just disintegrate into disintegrate dust. Disintegrate dust, yeah. To now it's like, well, it's bad, but it's not that. It's not that. Okay, we're not all going to disintegrate this year. Maybe right. next year. So, you know, so stay inside. Cheers is actually safe. to 
getting rain in San Diego. Yes, yes, that's and, a good and potentially way to put it. getting out of a drought. Possibly looking on the bright side of the gloom and doom that we are living in right now. I mean, it's all gloom and doom. So what are we going to do about it? <laughs> well, the other thing that's crazy about all the rain is because we're in a drought all the time. All the water that we're getting is overwhelming all the trees and, and the soil. plants. Yep. And especially for the bigger trees in like Northern California, they are just falling down because they don't have this super strong root system because they never get any water. Even in Los Angeles County, too, it's pretty gnarly. So um, this is a good opportunity to stay inside and drink wine. It's a very good opportunity to stay inside and drink wine. The other thing that I remember reading about a couple of years ago that I didn't, I didn't think about with getting all this rain in the winter makes fire season scarier. Yeah, because, because all this rain gonna sprout. is creating all this vegetation, which then dries out very quickly, shrivels up and dries out, and is just kindling mm. for the fires. I don't so like it. you know, stay you tuned. Know stay tuned for the fire episode. Bucket, that's not cheers. It's a jeers. All right, I got another. Okay, cheers what's the here. actual jeers? Um, <laughs> this one was actually really easy. Going back to work oh. every year, I just. I'm more and more convinced that I was actually meant to be a lady of leisure. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you'd be bored. Oh, I, I assure you, I could find activities to fill my day <laughs> <laughs> that don't involve dealing with minions. <sighs> you know, you know, happy. So, um, Lacey. I guess happy January, happy 2023 or whatever. Happy jeers and jeers, basically. <laughs> we just, we're just, this is what January is about right now, guys. Yep. So there you have it. So snuggle up to your bottle and get cozy. Jeers and jeers, everyone. <laughs> able to tell uh we have a few long faces over here and that's because one jules is up to her eyeballs in work bullshit and because i had the dumbass idea to do a full sugar detox which means dry january by default so we're just in a great place right now again i fucking hate january <laughs> It is pretty dumb. Jules is not, let's be perfectly clear, Jules is not participating in this dry January bullshit. And I support Drea and her sugar detox and, and what she is doing, and she's doing so good, and she's kicking ass on her detox in dry January, but I, for one, am not participating because I think January sucks already, and I just did not want to add another depressing aspect to my fucking life right now. And to... To also be clear, that's for the best that she's not participating. Oh, yes. <laughs> Things would be mucho bad if I also wasn't allowed to have alcohol. Mm, yeah. so, or be on a detox. Although I have done... You have, have done, done this. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... For our shenanigans, or maybe this is the episode where we go back to shenanigans, <laughs> uh, we thought we would talk about the event of Dry January. It's rolling into its official 10-year anniversary, 
And we are officially observing it on Two Girls and a Grape this month. One of us is. Well, but the content is. Okay, yes, the content of the the January episodes. So you may want to just fucking skip over it all together. What the fuck are you doing? We I'm need our saying. one listener. <laughs> I'm just saying. Kendra, fast forward, please. Lauren, you're not <laughs> off the hook. <laughs> all right, so to get us started... Why don't we talk about our experiences with Dry January. Jules, have you ever participated in this timely tradition? No, I don't fucking get it. Absolutely not. But I have, however, done a 21-day sugar detox in January, which by default meant I was not drinking for three weeks in January, but I did not do the full month of January. And also... Because one of my besties, Lauren's birthday is towards the end of January. So I was, you know, we always do stuff for her birthday. So we usually try to be done with the detox by, you know, Jan, you know, the that end of January. That right. last, the last week of January. So not a full dry January, just a 21 day detox. Fair. Which I wasn't happy about it being in January, but it was a group, like I signed up for this group activity and so I had to follow along with the group. It wasn't just a like just do it Fucking on your own. group projects, man. Group I do dynamics. very well though. I I have to be accountable to someone or else it's not good. So it's good if that was it's always it's always good for me to do things and participate things that way that are I know are going to be difficult for me. So extra kudos to you because you are doing it by yourself. Thanks. What about you? So never have I ever. This is my first go around. And and to be clear, I'm not officially doing dry January. I am doing the sugar detox. Um, I need kind of a system reset. It's just time to get back to baseline. But as you said, by default, then you're dry, right? right. And so I haven't decided yet if it's going to be a 21 day or a 30 day. Honestly, it all depends on when I stop craving a motherfucking cookie at 9 p.m. at night. So once that goes away, detox. <laughs> no, once that goes away, you give yourself a few more days. Yeah, no. Once it goes away, I'm and like, then you I can ease de- back into it. Oh, that's the beauty don't... of the of the sugar detox is that you actually, by the time like your body has gotten over the shock and just pure terror of what you're doing still to there, it, still there, still there, still right there. It feels really good, and then you start to feel you feel really good, and so you want to keep that feeling up and so you do start to make those decisions of do I really want that I was gonna say glass of wine but let's be honest bottle of wine <laughs> so then that actually turns into a glass of wine well, like I just want to enjoy one glass of wine because I haven't had it in a long time and that sounds really good and I can be present with it and be you know actually think about like is it enhancing what I'm doing and what I'm eating versus just autopilot which right. is what I do. I'm on autopilot right now. And that's fine. <laughs> Chug a little I'm okay with it. I love myself. I don't care. I'm on autopilot. Listen, Hot Rob delivered a bottle of wine to the Kuka Cabana. That's my office, everyone. I, the Kuka Cabana last Monday night. Or was it Tuesday? I can't remember. It was Tuesday. Monday he was in trouble, I think. He <laughs> delivered a bottle of wine and a glass, a big ass wine glass, he to the Kuka Cabana. <laughs> Opened the bottle and just set both down on my desk and just backed away, waved at me and and let and got the fuck out. (laughs) He did not turn his back to me. (laughs) 
Smart. Smart. Husband of the day that day. <laughs> we don't have employee of the month here. We have husband of the day. Husband of the day. So back to dry January. Um, even though we're both not officially doing it per se, uh, we are observing it on the podcast because we know a lot of people do decide to do dry January and it's really become a movement. So we thought for this episode it would be interesting to just give you a few notes about the history of dry January because you know I love that kind of shit. And by a few notes, Drea has like a fucking dissertation it about this. Is, so I will oh be moving God, things along as I see fit. Day. All right. So tell us about where dry January came from. So, like Jules, dry January hails from the UK. Oh, fucking A. <laughs> you know what? This makes complete sense because the fucking like. Fall down drunk alcoholics yes. in the UK 100%. is a little bit ridiculous. I know you all have seen the videos on TikTok or oh, Instagram of just I've seen it like in global action, like in multiple countries. Yeah, so the there's British, a pack of Brits. The British it's are on. known to get their drink on, so this is not a surprise. So the idea was actually born in. 2011, when a British businesswoman named Emily Robinson began training for her very first Emily, ha- Emily, her very first half marathon, and to make her training easier, she decided to cut out alcohol for the last month of her marathon prep, which just happened to be January. So the results shocked her. Not only did the elimination of alcohol improve the quality of her training plan, but she lost weight. She slept better. She saw an increase in energy. Shocking. I know. I just don't understand how these results shock anyone. It's just, this is fucking common sense. You know what is shocking about these results is like, where the fuck are they? I haven't, I haven't benefited from any of these yet. You know what they're not talking about the results are is fucking, uh, Patience that is razor thin, <laughs> irritable, fucking everything. Oh, like like when the silver fox asked me what kind of bread I wanted. Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> also, Emily. To be fair to Emily, I have I have participated in a full marathon and a half marathon, and also to not be fair to her it's pretty fucking easy to cut out alcohol when you have to get up at five o'clock in the morning to go run for two hours because that's the only time you have to like get these training runs in so when i was training i cut out a lot of stuff like alcohol because i just i wasn't even going out right because you were because i had to get up the next day so early to get my training runs in on the weekends those are your long runs that friday nights didn't exist and then Saturday, and I said, fuck that. I just ran 20 miles today. I'm done. Like, I'm tired. I'm tired. <laughs> Going anyway. to bed. <laughs> so Emily had some good results, apparently. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in January of 2012, just a year later, she started working for an organization called Alcohol Change UK, which is a nonprofit that has a mission of working for, quote, a society that is free from the harm caused by alcohol. I'm not sure what that means. They claim they're not anti-drinking per se, um, but rather that they advocate for a world in which people drink by conscious choice, not by default, where, you know, they're not... um, Trying to cover up depression. And that they're cognizant of what they're drinking, why they're drinking, that they're not over-drinking or binge-drinking, and that it doesn't lead 
to larger problems right. that are connected with mental health issues. So um, they're a nonprofit advocacy group. If you're interested, you can learn more about their mission, their website, www.alcoholchange.org.uk. But anyway, back to Emily. Our good friend, Emily. Our good friend, Emily. So when she joined Alcohol Change UK, she was doing her second alcohol-free January. And her action caught the eye of others within the organization, and conversations quickly moved from casual to more serious, and the idea for an organized and institutionally backed dry January campaign was born. 2013 was the first official launch of the campaign and included 4,000 participants who decided to take the dry January challenge. Uh, they also decided with this initial launch to conduct a study during the challenge and partnered with alcohol behavioral change expert, Dr. Richard DeVisser from the University of Sussex to survey participants. Uh, DeVisser found that six months after the campaign had finished, seven out of 10 people continued to drink less than before and almost 25% of participants who self-identified as drinking at harmful levels before the campaign were now in lower risk categories post-challenge. So again, this is like a self-reporting survey, but still pretty interesting to think about people's perceptions and how it changed. Mm -hmm. uh, in 2016, the organization launched a mobile app and had 14,000 participants uh, through the new platform. And this helped really launch the movement to a global scale. So since 2019, the organization has partnered with countries across Europe, Africa, and North America to grow the challenge and support participants um, locally with the help of local organizations. 2020 saw over 100,000 people sign up for the challenge via Because the they didn't know what was about to fucking happen. <laughs> I know. I was like, what? When I read that, I was like, what the fuck? Why? And then I was like, oh, January. Yeah, January. It was before Bef the, the before times. The yeah, before times. The before times. <laughs> but yeah, in 2021, they had over 130,000 participants. These fuckers just keep coming because back Because they, they was drinking so much for nine months, everybody's like, okay, we got to slow <laughs> our roll. I got to put some real pants on. I got to stop it's, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, so 130,000 plus participants. And as the growth in participants suggests, conversations around dry drinking have continued to expand. So one media study indicates that global mentions of non-alcoholic across social media platforms are up 81% with mentions of mocktails rising by 42%. Those are just my Google searches in the last few weeks. <laughs> in addition, um, I think <laughs> what, you know, one of the biggest things to note too is that this is beyond sort of just like an individual choice movement or an app. We're starting to see... Um, especially like mocktails really lead the charge of this like sober movement in the industry. So when you think about the food and beverage industry, like there are bars popping up that now completely cater to the sober experience. Um, if you've been out lately, almost every like mid to high end restaurant you go to has like mocktail mm -hmm. options. Um, and it's that's something I've noticed. And it's not just iced tea. No, like it's a proper, no, it's like a proper, it's a proper mocktail, cocktail, yeah. but just without the alcohol. Right. Yeah. You've also seen a huge rise in the take-home mocktail industry. So whether it's a canned 
mocktail or it's a non-alcoholic spirit, um, that industry has risen quite a bit as well in the last several years. Mm -hmm. So, cheers, I guess. I don't... Can you say cheers if it's not... Yeah, you can, because kids do it all the time at the table with their yeah, little sippy cups with I'm, their parents. So, just, cheers. Yeah, we can say cheers. But also, I do I do want to say, I mean, I, I come across as really negative about Dry January. I'm just not interested in doing it. It's just not my bag. But I will say that I am fully supportive of people being introspective and in, in sort of taking stock of their health and their well-being and deciding that alcohol should no longer be a part of that or that it needs to be reduced. And I do think that so much of our society, there there is so much sort of like pressure socially to be drinking mm-hmm. and it's leading people to to perhaps drink more than they should be. But I also feel like there's been this movement in the last year that's almost like trying to make people feel guilty about drinking, which I don't love. You know, it's like you can be sober or you can cut alcohol out, but don't try to shame me because I feel like I'm in control of that situation. Right. Yeah, no, for sure. Where I I can take Monday through thursday off of drinking i don't need to have a glass of wine and i can do 21 day sugar detoxes and not lose my fucking mind because i can't have alcohol like i can moderate myself and i don't need anyone making me feel guilty about enjoying life in that sense but on the same token i appreciate that there is this sort of a bit of this movement in our culture that allows for people that are trying to find that balance a little bit better to not feel so alienated by it and, and feel isolated. like I can't go out, I can't do anything because yeah. there's I'm going to be offered an iced tea or a coffee. Well, and I think too like the bigger thing is that we're seeing an uptick in the number of choices that people have, right? Mm-hmm. When they yeah. go out and um you know, how they choose to socialize in that way and I'm actually Again, if you would ask me if I was going to do dry January, I would have been like, the fuck you say? Well, but, like two weeks ago, you were, you were well, halfway into December, you're like, fuck no, dry January, absolutely not. <laughs> but And then it, all of a sudden, she's like, I'm doing a sugar detox. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you go, girl. <laughs> but I'm actually really excited. So, one, it's interesting that I don't, I miss the idea of wine, but I don't actually miss it. Per se. Yeah. Like, I don't miss sitting there with a, you know, with a glass or a bottle. But I, I miss the idea of I could be doing that because I love, you know, tasting and I love... Um, the ritual of yeah, it. The yeah, the ritual of it. But I am really excited about my first glass back because I feel like it's going to reset my palate in really interesting yep. ways. So, And yeah. you just appreciate it more. That's when I've done my sugar detoxes. It just makes you really... Take a moment, ask yourself, do I really want this X, Y, or Z, right? Whether it's the cookie or the glass of wine or what the piece of bread, whatever it is, right? It just makes you take that little pause to say, do I really want it? Do I really need it? Is it going to make me feel better? And sometimes you're like, fuck yeah, it's going to make me feel better. I'm like super looking forward to it, forward to it. And there's other times like last week, there was a night, well, I didn't drink after Tuesday like I was like all right like that 
this is not helping my 12 hour days. I was like, I need to like get good night's sleep and just, Mm -hmm. you know, just have a clear head. And, um, that was easy for me to say no, but only because I actually stopped myself because I was a little bit on autopilot, like, oh, I'm going to have wine now. <laughs> just grabbing that bottle. Just grabbing oh my drop. <laughs> grabbing that bottle. Uh, but when I actually stopped and said, do I really want, do I really want it? Or am I just in the habit of it? And I think that's the thing that a, a break like this, like a, a big break like this, like a sugar detox does reset that for you where you're really thinking about why you want it. Right. I mean, I do want it. I just yeah. want maybe a little less of it. <laughs> so cheers to Drea for participating in, Ugh. partially participating in dry January. Maybe she'll she'll make the whole month or maybe not. Who knows? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> we'll let you know how it goes. You, dear listener, are in for a fucking treat. Because bottle number 47 on two girls and a grape, staying true to the grape part of it, is called Alternativa Oroso. That means a red alternative fucking wine, which is not a wine. And it's from Italy, and it is by Buonafide Foods. The price point for this is $20 to $25, which is fucking expensive for a bottle of grape juice, literally. And the ABV is zero because it's de-alcoholized. I didn't even know that was a word. I didn't even know that was a word. It shouldn't be legal. It shouldn't be a word. It's That word is actually a big deal. So there's a huge distinction between non-alcoholic wines, which are de-alcoholized. de-alcoholized wines. Oh, which I'm sure we're going to learn about as Drea dives into what we're drinking. So this wine is, it's an Italian wine. It is a, in fact, a de-alcoholized wine. And the varietal, though, is a, a Montepulciano. So... You know, when we talk about de-alcoholized wines and some of the differences between a non-alcoholic wine, so first of all, those don't exist, right? That would just be grape juice. A de-alcoholized wine means that the grape has actually gone through the wine-making process, and then the alcohol is filtered out and extracted. So... It's a similar, you know, when we think about then a de-alcoholized wine, that's exactly what it is. So it goes through the same process, unlike like a Welch's grape juice, which is just straight up juice, right? But um, the Multipucciata, this grape is widely planted throughout central and southern Italy and is often used in the production of Italian red table wine or house wines. The grape originated in the Tuscany region and is a close relative of another Italian powerhouse, Sangiovese. These grapes tend to ripen late in the season and produce high yield per vine. Um, What makes the grape even more attractive for table wines and blends is that while the grapes tend to be plump and juicy, hence the high yield, the skins have a good amount of pigment and tannins to help enrich the wine. So the result is a wine with mild acidity and tannins that is easy to drink and generally at a low cost. Also makes it a good candidate for a de-alcoholized wine like this. 
Um, Say dealcoholize five times fast. I don't want to. Try it. I haven't had coffee today. She also hasn't had wine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> My life is a shambles. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, Jules. So we have come to everybody's favorite, favorite part, part. Normally, <laughs> the tasting. Normally, the favorite part. So I do have a couple notes from the producer. Of course, you do to share. Mm-hmm. So first, they recommend serving this wine slightly chilled. So we did pop it in the freezer for about twenty minutes. It might have been just a tad I too think long. It was a too long. Yeah. Yeah. So you you know, I would say maybe ten minutes or the fridge for like twenty minutes. Yeah. Um. They also have tasting notes up on their website, so I want to share those and we can see how close we get. So this is a dry wine with medium body, fruits of the forest, and hints of spice on the nose, an appealing density and energy. I don't know what the fuck that means. I thought means. that said dentistry. <laughs> <laughs> an appealing dentistry and energy. That's more like it. Structured and refined. Dried black cherry, ripe fruits with slight bramble, accompanying mineral undertones on the palate, subtle finish. Serve slightly chilled, excellent food wine paired with grilled meats, sausages, wild game, pork, chicken, pastas with meat sauce. So the, the kitchen sink. Just throw the kitchen sink at it. But also like, okay, let's let's talk about this for a minute because this is promising some big bold flavors, right? I mean, yes. if you're talking about serving game, wild yeah, game. Oh, that's exactly what I was zoning in on. Something that can stand up yeah, to that. Exactly. All right. Grilled meats and sausages, you know. But then you're you're you've got the wild game and then you've got pastas. And chicken. With, with, I mean, a, with a meat sauce. Yeah, but chicken? Oh, yeah. The chicken's got to go. Uh, so, anyway. Okay, what are we seeing? What are we seeing in the glass? Okay, I'm going to go first because I'm always the most ridiculous one. First of all, it's red. Yes, it is. It, so, it looks, it truly looks like a red wine. It does. It it's has got, a nice color. It's got hints of garnet, cranberry. Yep. It's um, a deep... It's a deep red. It's not like a Pinot. It's more like a Zin. But you can but not see quite. through it. Yeah, you can see through it. Um, it You pointed out when we poured it out, it does have some bubbles. Sunny bubbles. Uh, it does have bubbles, and I was very confused about that. I So I don't know shit about chemistry, but... Um, but you do have a PhD. I do. Yeah, but not like that. <laughs> But aren't you just supposed to be fucking smart Girl, because of that? I'm not even like in the soft sciences. She's not even adjacent to that. Um, but uh, maybe from the pasteurization process? Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. That sounds legit to me. It sounds legit, right? So if anyone who listens is a chemist or, I don't know, knows some shit about science. like Or wants to just Google it. <laughs> Not that hard. Maybe less. No. Not that hard. I don't know. That seems like a tough Google So there you have your color. Uh, What are we smelling? What's on the nose? Okay, I'm going to go first again because it's stupid. (laughs) I, in this, listener, this is actually not being facetious. This is not a joke. I initially got men's urinal is what came to mind. You know what? The fucked up part is like now that's all I can smell. So here I am sitting here like an asshole being like okay I'm getting some I'm getting some dark cherry I'm getting some prune a little bit of res- raisin and this bitch is like 
I smell urine all. I'm like, Jesus Christ. You want to throw some cat pee in there too? (laughs) So now it's all I can smell. And, you know, I, like, sometimes you get, especially like a natty wine, it's got like a little bit of, yeah, funk or like barnyard on it. No, This was, I was like, this is not good. But I will say that I do think it was far too chilled. It was way too cold. And I was not enjoying that. Um, but as we've let it sit out, I'm definitely getting, I get grape. I'm not getting a lot of super specific notes of what I would normally get in a wine, but grape, it just, it smells like grape juice. I'm getting, um, and it's definitely less urinally. Well, that's, that's good to know. I am getting like some floral notes. Okay. She's fucking lost it. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm very The sugar detox has gone to her brain. It's supposed you know to what? make her more clear headed and, you know, just smarter. But I think it's doing the opposite. Drea, I'm what worried a, about you. 100% the opposite. Why well, told I you? Am I am worried. None of the benefits. I'm um, worried. Well, you know what? Maybe, maybe it, I'm getting the air freshener in the urinal. Fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I just. <laughs> And then I don't I don't even think we need to talk about the taste. Yes, yes we do. I know it's no bueno. You've put worse in your mouth. Come on, it's fine. All right. So, um what do you what are you getting on the palate? It's no bueno. I'm just going to say that. It's grape juice. It actually gets worse as it sits out. It's not good. So, this is yeah, no, this is this is bad. Um So what I'm thinking it's gotten, is It's got no it tastes... It's so, just juice. It tastes watery. It's just yeah. juice. I mean, so one of the, the things about wine is, like, the mouthfeel, right? Yeah. And when you talk about, especially, like, an Italian wine like this, you... And something that is going to stand up to grilled sausages Jesus, and gang yeah. meats and red sauce. Wild boar. Like, you know, you this want ain't it. that structured, velvety, deep red and this just sort of glides off this is not the tongue this is not going to hold up to those pairings that they have listed at all and it's not i mean and the thing that kind of like really bothers me is that if the whole purpose of producing this wine is to make it something that is a stand-in for a a true you know italian red wine this is going to be really disappointing, and I think this makes it harder for people to try to not drink because you're not actually giving them a good alternative. This is not a good alternative. I would rather literally have some sparkling water with a lemon wedge in my wine glass. It's just going to look a little more festive, and I know what I'm getting. Right. And I'm almost wondering if if this was an alcoholic wine... If it would still be bad. If we just wouldn't like this wine, the base wine that they make, that we wouldn't even like this wine. And so then the dealcoholization of it certainly doesn't make it better. Right, yeah. So from a baseline perspective, would we enjoy this bottle of wine? I'm not sure. That's that's a good point, and I think it's a valid point. And you know, we, thank you. We can thank you, Drea. You're welcome. Thanks for validating you're, me. You're welcome. We're nothing if not supportive here on Two Girls in a Grape. Um, yeah, I, I, it's bad. It's it, not good. It's, and, and listen, we've both had bad 
wines. Oh, yeah. In the past. And, and you all know we'll tell you if we yeah. don't enjoy something. But We're not so, enjoying this. So, this is not, I'm not recommending this to someone who is truly trying to cut down on alcohol or find an alternative. This is not it. And we what, need to keep looking. And let me just um, say something about the selection process. So I did pick this up at Total Wine. And what I did was I looked online at what they had available or what they said they had available. And I ran some searches on them to try and get some information and reviews. So I have to be honest, a lot of reviews for dealcoholized wines in general are not great. Like they're just not, right? Yeah. Um, and they're, a lot of them are by people who are doing dry January or are trying to drink less or have had to give up alcohol for, for whatever health reason. reasons yeah. or whatever the case may be. Um, and have really struggled with finding one that not only captures like the mood and the ceremony of it, but the flavor and the mouthfeel mm -hmm. was a big thing, which is like immediately when this hits your palate, you know that this is, this is not wine. This is not wine. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, I did look through those and believe it or not, this one had one of the higher reviews. Mm -hmm. So I, I think so the that, bar is low. Yeah. And I think that's a sign of like how young this industry is too. Right. Um, I mean, it can only get better, right? One with hope because, but also damn. this is why I actually lean more towards a mocktail. I would never in a million years choose to drink a non-alcoholic wine or a de-alcoholized wine. Yeah. Whereas there's a lot of mocktails out there that I'm like, that actually sounds delicious. Because it's the flavors, it's the ginger, right. it's the lime, you know, whatever it is, the pineapple, it's whatever it is. Whereas I just was, my expectations for this were really low, which usually is a good sign for people and things around me. It's like, hey, my expectations are <laughs> low going in. I mean... And you couldn't even get there. I'm no. <laughs> so I'm just not even going to do pairings for this, to I, be honest. I just, I wouldn't drink it. Yeah, I I honestly think that um, you're better off with a different alternative. <laughs> I am you know what? No, say... I've got I've got one pairing. Okay, sadness. <laughs> <laughs> the pairing is sadness. I disappointment. <laughs> Regret. <laughs> See, we do have pairings. Look at us. And you know what? We can still have a good time and enjoy the process of tasting. But we do not recommend this as an alternative to wine if you are trying to cut down. That's the bottom line. Bottom line. But I think next episode we might have... Maybe a little more interesting. Something a little bit... We're not uh, going to tell you what it is, though. We're not? Okay, we're no. not. Okay. But we are keeping... The dry January theme. On theme. On brand. Actually... Totally off-brand. I was going to say, that is 100% Completely off-brand. <laughs> and we are Our keeping... Our brand is drunk. I don't, we are, <laughs> I don't know what podcast you listen to. We are to. keeping with the theme of Dry January. So, stay tuned for that episode coming out at the end of January. And if you have had better luck with non-alcoholized, excuse me, wines... We did and, learn something. Yeah, and you have... We always learn something. That's the point. That and is you, the point of this podcast. And you have some recommendations that you can share. Um, please let us know. You can slide into those DMs or comment on our Instagram feed. That's two girls and a grape 
pod, T-W-O, girls and great pod, or email us at two girls and a great pod at gmail.com. And you know what? Fuck it. Let's just cheers with our water cups at this point. Okay. All right. Well, salute. Cheers. <laughs> that was clunky. <laughs>